0: Rightly call God our Father just as we would rightly call our earthly parents Mother and Father. And we use those same terms there because there is a link and an association between those relationships. <laughs> What is up, everybody? Welcome back to An Average Account of Exceptional Things. My name is Chandler, and I am your host. Thanks for joining us today. So welcome back to our series on the Ten Commandments. Now, as you may have noticed, this episode is titled as Part 5, which means there are, in fact, some episodes prior to this one to enjoy. So while these episodes do certainly sort of stand alone I would still say they definitely go better together, which is why this is a series. So I would highly encourage you to go ahead and just pause this episode real quick and give those a listen if you haven't already and then come back to this one because I think that it can be really helpful to have the background from those episodes before getting into this week's discussion. All right, so with that, As always, I will assume that if you're still here, then you are hanging with us today, and you're in it for the long haul. So as we did with the prior episodes in this series, let's go ahead and just start things off today by reading these verses from Exodus 20 that this topic of the Ten Commandments comes from. And these verses specifically are going to be Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 21. The people stood far off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. Alright, so bearing those verses in mind, let's get right into our discussion for this week's commandment. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So, first things first, we need to establish. A definition for this word honor because I think that that can really be the pivotal part of this commandment what does it mean to honor someone now as it is used here this is an active verb which we can take to mean showing the proper respect due to a person and his or her role I found this definition from some commentary that I read uh, to be very, very helpful in my personal study on this, and I feel that it is quite good. So, that's sort of the, the definition or the starting place that we're going to be building from today showing the proper respect due to a person and his or her role. And this definition sets us up nicely to go ahead and get into the bread and butter of sorts for our discussion, which is how this commandment plays out in a very practical and applicable sense. Because all too often I feel that this commandment is reduced down to do what your parents tell you, little children. And I'm by no means saying that children should run around in open, habitual disobedience to their parents. But when you really consider this commandment for what it is, it is so much more than simply something for parents to drop on a child who doesn't always do what they're told. And it isn't that this scripture isn't generally applicable in those situations, because it certainly can be. But whether a person is young or old, it's important to understand why heeding the word of our parents is part of honoring them, and that is the part that unfortunately can often be overlooked. And it goes back to our definition of honoring. The reason that one would honor someone is because of their role, and assuming that an individual's parents are biblically sound and seeking to honor God, then those parents are not only going to want what is best for their child, but they will also be sources of wise and sound counsel, regardless of whether their child is 5 years old or 45 years old. Because not only have our parents seen and experienced more than we have, but as the people who raise us, They know us best, and we honor them first by recognizing that they are people that we can turn to for biblically sound counsel, but also by heeding their advice or warnings even when we receive those unsolicited. And that last portion in particular can certainly be quite challenging, as you know, we often don't see the harsh consequences that lie at the end of the road that we find ourselves going down. But I would once again say that we should honor our fathers and mothers and really take those warnings to heart. And that bit there, I'll just say that I can attest to from personal experience. But again, honoring our parents goes Beyond simply heeding their words, it means conducting ourselves in that relationship as we ought to, which stems from the respect that we should have for our parents. That means that we can honor our fathers and mothers by speaking in a respectful manner to and concerning them, as we really should with everybody, or by supporting them, and often that may come into play a bit more as our parents grow older. Or here is one that I feel is especially powerful. We can honor our father and mother by forgiving them. Because no one is perfect, parent or child. You know, we all make mistakes, fail to control our tongues or, or handle something poorly, and it is honoring to our parents when we extend that forgiveness to them and work to strengthen our relationships rather than holding grudges and allowing things to fester. And it isn't always an easy thing to do with our parents or otherwise, but I would hope that if we are all honest with ourselves, we could think of a time when we made a mistake and our parents were quick to forgive us. And both as children and as Christians, we ought to stand ready with that same forgiveness. And those are just a few ways that came to mind for me that we can honor our mothers and fathers, but really, the list could go on and on. And there's even more beauty to this commandment than we realize, though, or I should say than we often realize, Because our relationship with our parents is a reflection of our relationship with God. And that's something that is extremely impactful. Consider the unconditional love of a parent. The love that comes not from what you've done for a person, and not because you deserve it, but for no other reason than that you are their child. That's the kind of love that parents should have for their children. Because that is exactly the kind of love that God has for us. We can see this in Romans chapter 5 verses 6 through 10. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. We see in these verses that clearly the love that Christ has for us is not earned or deserved, and it's not something that we're owed. It's not dependent on our actions either, because these verses say that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So in fact, that love is in spite of our actions. And it's much the same with our earthly parents. Or I should say, it ought to be. Our family, certainly, but our parents even more so, are the ones who we can turn to. Regardless of how badly we've messed up, we can turn to them for comfort, for counsel, knowing that they love us. Sometimes that love is displayed in a comforting word, and other times it's the hard truth that we need in that moment. But that love is there nonetheless. And a little note here. When a person uses the title Heavenly Father, you know, I've mentioned that, uh, that that's one of my personal favorite ways to to start a prayer is by, you know, addressing the Lord as Heavenly Father. Because for me, you know, I think that that is is a very accurate and descriptive title for really who God is and, and who God is for us in a personal way. And so when a person uses that title, Heavenly Father, to refer to God, It's not just a little turn of phrase or or something that somebody worked up one day and thought, hey, that has a nice ring to it, you know, Heavenly Father, that'd be good. You know, we call Him our Heavenly Father because that is exactly who He is. And we rightly call God our Father just as we would rightly call our earthly parents, Mother and Father. And we use those same terms there because there is a link and an association between those relationships. Our relationships with our earthly parents should reflect our relationship with God. But, you know, not everyone has biological parents who are strong, godly examples, unfortunately. So, you know, how do we handle those situations? And this is one of those questions that I knew as soon as I started working on this episode and, and thinking about this commandment that we certainly had to discuss because uh, unfortunately uh, that's, that's the reality for a lot of people. But let me just first off you know, reiterate that these relationships should be a reflection of our relationship with the Lord as we've been discussing here. And just because not every relationship between a person and their birth parents is as it should be, that by no means negates this truth about the link between those relationships. And it's heartbreaking that relationships are flawed and broken sometimes but the reality is that we live in a flawed and broken world and this is just another way that we see that in our everyday lives but there's certainly still the matter of how we respond to that situation in a very practical sense and i acknowledge that you know every situation is different so uh, i will simply offer this General advice. We are commanded to honor our father and our mother. But that should never come at the expense of serving God. Because honoring our father and our mother is so much more than simply obedience, as we've already mentioned. But unfortunately for some, you know, there may be times when a person is forced to choose between Obedience to a parent and obedience to God. And in those instances, children and adults alike are faced with a very difficult choice. And it is in these times that I think we have to remember that honoring God must come first in our lives. And here I would look to Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40 But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees they gathered together and one of them a lawyer asked him a question to test him Teacher which is the great commandment in the law and he said to him You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind this is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So Jesus states here that the great and first commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, which brings front and center a truth that we can see. All throughout scripture, our love for and relationship with the Lord needs to be our first priority. It has to be the number one thing in our lives, period. And even just looking back at the passage of the Ten Commandments, we see before this commandment, several commandments about how we are to serve God. And I find it very fitting that these commandments about serving and reverently fearing God precede any commandments about how we are to conduct ourselves with relation to other people. Now another note that I would make here would be that we can honor our father and our mother by seeking to repair broken relationships in situations where That is possible, and I understand that this sadly may not always be the case. Because even by simply working to bring that child-parent relationship into the God-centered place that it should be, we honor our parents. You may recall our discussion on the power of forgiveness in this process earlier. And so I, I wanted to mention that. Before we moved on. And one more thing that I would say before we move on here. In situations where things maybe cannot be reconciled. I offer some very impactful words. That my own mother has shared with me over the years. Family doesn't always mean blood. And I say that. Because even for those in a situation where they can't have that relationship with their birth parents for some reason, or perhaps just grew up without that because it was so broken at the time, I would encourage you to look around at the people that God has placed in your life. Because I believe that often there are compassionate individuals, mentors, or maybe even other family members who step in and fill that role simply because of the love that they have. And I offer that because often I find, myself included, that we as people are very quick to hone in on things that haven't gone our way. Places where we feel like we could have had something better. And it's very easy to miss the blessings that God has given us in our lives. And so I wanted. to to bring that up before we moved on. But that sort of leads us into one more aspect of this that I believe is worth discussing today. Now, we've spent most, if not all, of this episode discussing this commandment from the perspective of a son or a daughter, and understandably so, as all of us are subject to this commandment in that regard. But I think that this is also a good opportunity to take a moment and consider this as it relates to how parents should approach their relationships with their children as well. We can see this in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And I feel that these verses are very powerful in this discussion, because as we've mentioned, The love of a parent should be, like God's love for us, a true, pure love. Children should honor their parents, and going back to that word honor, that is associated with the role and the position of the parent. And just as with any role a person might fill, with that comes duties and responsibilities. So, yes... There is certainly a duty of the child to honor his or her father and mother, but a healthy relationship is a two-way street. As we see highlighted here in Ephesians, parents have a responsibility to raise their children in a way that is glorifying to God, teaching them about scripture, seeing to their spiritual growth, and being a strong example to their children. So if you're a parent listening to this, I hope that this point here and this little bit of discussion has renewed your passion to be a steady Christ-like role model in your relationships with your children. And if you're not a parent, I pray that this little bit of discussion here is still applicable to you nonetheless, either in your relationships or in other roles you may find yourself in. So with that in mind, I hope you'll join us next week as we continue our series looking at the Ten Commandments. And I pray that something said in this episode was a blessing or an encouragement to you in some way. So with all that said, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of An Average Account of Exceptional Things. And until next time, encourage one another, love your enemies, and count your blessings.